0: Hey Church, welcome back to another Midweek Podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel, I've got Pastor Sam and Pastor Ross here with me, and we are uh, three experts who come to you with all the answers. Actually, no. We are, <laughs> we are, we are, we're coming to you with a very important uh, cultural topic, and we. this is the second in our series, um, which we want to go after some philosophies that, are, that we're kind of swimming in culturally, uh, that we think... As as Paul describes them in Colossians, are empty, and they, they have the the tendency to disrupt uh, our ability to be faithful Christians in in uh, in this world, and and they they want to you know these the big thoughts want to drag us into uh, into like uh, extreme categories, and so today we want to come at you with the the topic of Christian nationalism, and. This is a really big one. Uh, first, we did we had a conversation on uh, critical theory, critical race theory, and we kind of want to hit sort of the flip side of the conversation: uh, Christian nationalism. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think first we ought to define what is Christian nationalism. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do take a take a stab at it if if that's okay with you guys, and, and you guys just fill in anything I'm missing here. Um, first off. What is what is nationalism? Uh, I want to get to Christian nationalism, but what is what is nationalism? Well, for, first, nationalism is is not the same as patriotism. Mm-hmm. Patriotism is is love of country, and, and that we believe is a good thing. It's it's from the Lord uh, that that we have we've been given a place, and we want to we want to thank God for what we've been given. We we are grateful for this nation that we live in, and we're called to seek its good. We're called to uh, even offer critique and work for justice when it, when it airs. Um, so, that, so nationalism is not patriotism. We think patriotism is good. Nationalism, on the other hand, um, is it, it has it has some some negative uh, negative elements. So, I'm going to quote from a guy named Paul D. Miller. He uh, in his article "What Is Christian Nationalism," he explains um, he explains what nationalism. Uh, what the major elements of nationalism are. So he's a professor uh, at Georgetown University, um, and I found, found him really helpful here. So he says, Nationalism starts with the belief that humanity is divisible into mutually distinct, internally coherent cultural groups defined by shared traits like language, religion, ethnicity, or culture. From there, scholars say nationalists believe that these groups should each have their own governments, that governments should promote and protect a nation's cultural identity, and that sovereign national groups provide meaning and purpose for human beings that is so much but uh <laughs> such an
1: unhelpful definition oh, for
0: for those who are just listening well
1: man i, so I was reading along i was like okay i, I get it
0: <laughs> well the the whole the whole point is uh the nationalism wants to draw very clear lines yep culturally and 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 then Make governments that, that promote and protect those lines, right. that, that cultural identity. Is that more helpful?
1: Yeah, that's better. Okay, Maybe you should have just said that. Yeah, I yeah. probably Miller should. <laughs> I've called you.
0: <laughs> um, so, so now what is Christian nationalism? I'm going to quote Miller again. He, he says it this way. Christian nationalism is the belief that the American nation is defined by Christianity and that the government should take active steps to keep it that way. Simply put, this this is me, That's the, that was the end of the quote, simply put, it, it seeks to merge Christian and American identities. That's what Christian nationalism is.
1: And you know you're a Christian nationalist if you heard that and you said, what's wrong with it? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why is it not? Because they're inseparable for many people. And I grew up thinking that way, mm-hmm. to be honest. I just assumed that that's what an American is and a Christian is. they're just one and the same
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know yeah.
0: So Christian uh, one other point from, from Miller he, he makes an important distinction. He said Christian nationalists do not reject the First Amendment. That's freedom of speech mm-hmm. right And they do not advocate for, for theocracy. But they do believe that Christianity should enjoy a privileged position in the public square. There's a a sense of entitlement. So, he goes on. The term Christian nationalism is relatively new, and its advocates generally do not use it of themselves, but it accurately describes American nationalists who believe American identity is inextricable from Christianity. Mm -hmm. So, brothers, why... I, I hope that's helpful to get get a little bit of the distinction between, uh, you know, what is what is patriotism, nationalism, what is Christian nationalism? It's it's this tying together American identity mm-hmm. with Christianity. Super tied together. So why historically do we have so many that hold to a Christian nationalist perspective?
2: Mm.
1: Why? That's a good question.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Um, I think there's a few streams in history, in American history, that lead in this direction. And um, first I'd say I think it's complex. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think everyone who falls into the camp of Christian nationalism does for the same reason. I think that there's different thoughts and rationales that have led to this conclusion. Um, a lot of people um, who... Who come from a camp um, of Christianity called uh, premillennial dispensationalism? Yeah, huge, huge word. Um, would would tend towards this kind of thought, and um, without getting into a lot of what that means or even what they believe, it's more of the Christianity that tends to take a really concrete reading of the book of revelation like one to one correlations between current events and revelation
0: mm-hmm.
2: and there's a reading of america into revelation yeah seeing certain symbols and things in revelation as related to america seeing america as a nation that like israel is can be in a covenant relationship with god so now all of a sudden you have a nation that is a christian nation because it's in a covenant with god and and as a result, it becomes the responsibility of the Christian to defend the Christianity of this nation, yeah. and to see assaults on Christian values, Christian leaders, as assaults against God. Mm-hmm. And so now you've confused what, what's the boundary of God's people. I um, I respect a lot of people who are um, premillennial millennial dispensational. Such a big word. Yeah. Um, but I do. I don't agree with. With the, with the way of reading the scripture where you draw such close parallels between biblical prophecy and current events right now right. and read America into it. And there's reasons why you read America into it, which require much more explanation than we have time for right now. Yeah. But just that there's, um, in, in that strain of Christianity, fundamentalism is a word that is attached to it, yeah. which has a long history in this country. There tends to be this error. And I say, on the other hand, that we owe a lot to fundamentalists and and people from this camp because they while they drifted in some ways and made some confusions as far as christian identity and national identity they were very faithful on biblical doctrine when others weren't and so it's a mixed bag mm-hmm. it's not it's not just these guys messed up it's a mixed bag yeah
1: i, I want to add to that <clears throat> so often we have this mindset that america is a christian nation and it's interesting we're if you ask most people who say that, where do, they, where do they go? And oftentimes they say, well, our nation was founded, you know, as a Christian nation. And, right. and that's, that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's not true. There were Christians who were part of the founding. Yes. But the main guy who wrote the Constitution, which is like the foundation of our whole government, this big, in many ways, beautiful kind of experiment of our government has, that's been relatively successful in many ways, historically, in the grand scheme of things, was written by a, a deist. Sure. Right, um, and, and I think one, one term that I learned from Christian Smith uh, sociologist, Dr. Christian Smith is, is called therapeutic moralistic deism in other words, the average Christian is therapeutic, meaning that they look to God for therapy, for help in times of need for comfort and so forth moralistic, in return they need to be generally moral good people and then deistic, meaning that God is, is – there's such a thing as God maybe, but he's more distant. He kind of set it in, in, in place and he's kind of watching from afar, maybe very apathetic and not personal. Mm-hmm. And for the average American – who is a theist. That's the kind of mindset. They have a general vague sense that there's a God who's there. They're not really sure about his character, um, what they're, what he's like, if he's near or not, his imminence. They know that he frowns on bad things, that they should live good, and that they should expect from him in general favor or good things if they're um, moralistic. And, and and I just think that that kind of thinking has been in Christendom for, for a long time and from the beginning of the founding of our country. And what it's done, it's, it's mixed Um, Christocentric like robustly Christian Christian um, our our faith that's Christ in the center and and made it some quasi like religious thing because when you look at the founding documents it's not about Jesus right Right. use language like under God or things like that but it's not like Jesus is the way. And, he, and not only is it the way to salvation, he, his, his lifestyle, the way of Christ, right? The, the Christians in the beginning of in, in Acts, they were, they were not called Christians first; They were called followers of the way. So there's a certain way that Jesus went and his followers followed his example. And that's not what we see in the founding documents, in the founding of mm. much of our, our nation. Yeah. It's not like the
2: way of the Lamb, the way of Jesus. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. <laughs> I I would want to distinguish and say, while Jefferson was a deist, Mm -hmm. I think many of the other residents of America and even people at the uh, constitutional conventions would have ascribed to a more biblical Christianity. Sure, Mm -hmm. sure. But nevertheless... They, the, even in their own words, they said, we, we're creating a, a democratic republic. Yes. That, sure. That's different than, like, right. a... Theocracy. Theocracy. And yep. they, they didn't say, we're creating a new Israel. We're yep. creating a new... Yep. Like, in their own language, it's, it is enlightenment values that they are yep. espousing, and, and, yeah. and they are basing it off of the Roman and the Greek mm-hmm. democratic states, and, and they're yeah. not saying... They're, so, They're even though a lot of them were probably mm-hmm. Christian... Mm-hmm they're not saying we're creating a new covenant nation with god right right mm-hmm. so so um, and if you read the um, declaration of independence and constitution it, it doesn't it doesn't say anything about about that but more the principles of a democratic republic yep. Right.
1: yep yep but somehow it has been kind of interpreted that it's christian right and it's almost as if like when i hear christians speak about mm-hmm. the constitution they almost it almost feels like it has like the same kind of weight and authority of the word mm. um, but but that's that's not here or there.
0: I think at the most basic level people look at the United States and say it wasn't founded primarily by Islamic yep, uh, for sure individuals yep. or leaders right or Hindu yep. or any other but by Christians sure and the principles that w- that uh, you know that America was founded on people would say were were Christian and there were a lot of Christians in in the United yep. States at the, at, at the beginning yep. and so um, you know and and there are obviously I and mean, we could talk about the revivals and things that, it, that had major effect on the mm-hmm. on the beginning of uh, the beginnings of, of American history mm-hmm. as well but but yeah that that so people look in on the the founding and they say Christian or right. Christian nation yep. <laughs> and so but but where where does that lead us? Where does that lead us uh, today? Like how, how do we get to the place where, yep. uh, where we're experiencing language from from current leaders, yep. um, and and language from Christians who are who are, are tying the Christianity to uh, to right. America uh, to American national like to uh, to here right now. Like where does that come from?
1: Well, right right before we go to the most recent examples that we could share, just. Not too long ago, just a few decades ago, Ronald Reagan, like the conservative president exemplar that so many look to, mm-hmm. what does he do? He uses city on a hill language, which is from the Sermon on the Mount, and, and basically puts America in that place, right? So instead of the church being the city on the hill, Jesus being the center in the light that we get, he kind of puts America as a city on the hill in in the world, And kind to – and and conflates those two institutions together. And if many people are – and I would say most Christians aren't biblically literate thoroughly. If they are getting discipled by the world, the news, the culture, and by politicians, which they are, and they're not being discipled by the word enough. And they hear someone they look up to like Reagan say such a thing. It makes sense that it's going to start to permeate the way they think. Even if they're not saying that day, on this day, on 19 whatever, I believe that they are now one, right? It's just kind of – you just hear it and you just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And it just kind of gets inside of you. It's like you just drink it in. You breathe it in and that's just part of you. And we see this repeated by even Pence during the Republican convention. I remember watching its, uh, Pence's address specifically because I was getting – it was getting a lot of uh, airtime on Twitter and looking at him. And he was, he was using language from the Bible – even Hebrews and just replacing these biblical phrases with America in it. Mm. It was like, what? Like totally ripping the, the passages out of context and putting, putting America there. And, and, and more specifically Trump's, Trump's party, Trump's platform in, in the place of those biblical words.
2: Sure. And that
1: just outraged me because he's a man who uh, many, many, Held up as a man of faith, a man who knows the Bible and who's been standing up for it. But here's a guy who's who I I just don't even know how to excuse him. To be honest, those are such well-known passages, and the context is not obscure. It's not like oh, every scholar disagrees with the context. I mean, like some some of the passages were just talking about Jesus, and he took out Jesus and put put basically Trump's platform in. Like they're like explicitly Jesus. And and even uh, my son could probably understand the context if I just asked him basic questions, and he did that. So I don't even know how to excuse him there if I want to be charitable. But here, there, there's one example. Um, yeah. what, what are some other examples
2: of uh, of Christian nationalism yeah, we see right that we now. see recently? Yeah. Um, I I think that however you feel about Trump, put that aside for a second. Mm-hmm. But the viewing him as. A moral agent commissioned by God to destroy um, secular or pagan forces in America, um, I would say, is is, a, is an example of this.
0: Not just in America. I heard people say, "No, he's he's going after all the injustices of the world, mm-hmm. sex trafficking, and, and this and that." And maybe he had some, maybe he had some hands in there. Maybe he was he was pursuing those things. But yeah, it was it was the tying like this is this is God's anointed yeah. one for, mm-hmm. for these things in particular in America yeah
2: yeah yeah. I heard him compared to the King Jehu in the Old Testament who mm-hmm. destroys wow. Ahab mm-hmm. and he was a wicked king in Israel and Jehu destroyed him and Jehu was the new king and just talking about Trump as if he has the anointing of an Old Testament king for yeah. a specific mission which um, is just not something I think the, scripture, the, the scriptures would allow us to make about any contemporary political leader Every every leader is appointed by God, right? Yeah. We
0: know yeah. that, and we know that uh, perhaps perhaps Trump was used by God to mm-hmm. defeat some evil in, yeah. in the United States or abroad. Sure, I hope so. I think yeah. I think probably so, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't make him right. that type. Like that doesn't give yeah. us the warrant to right. to describe him. Well, pe- people were
1: using Cyrus as well as God's mm-hmm. anointed one, right? And if you look at Cyrus's history. You you don't want to be compared to Cyrus. Yeah,
2: sure.
1: Like he did a lot of terrible so you can't just selectively do that. And and so if you're gonna say that then then was Obama God's anointed one?
2: Yeah. Yeah. According to Romans thirteen, he yeah. Was,
1: yeah. And so like you just have to be consistent. So yeah, it was God it was Trump God's anointed one? Uh he was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for four years. Sure. But that's not what people meant. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they're just not, they're they're not using the terminology well. And I I doubt it's because they were reading the Bible carefully and then they they had a robust understanding of God's, um, you know, sovereign hand over leaders. And then they came,
0: someone fed that to them. Let's talk about hallmarks. Yeah. Things that are are marks of Christian. You might be a Christian nationalist if kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Foxworthy style. What are those, what are those (laughs) things? If 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 you, if you hear somebody talking a particular way or, or, I don't know. Yeah, just help me out, yep. brothers. What what is the what is a hallmark of Christian nationalism that you know of?
2: Um, yeah, I think it's it's an us versus them mindset. So, um, if if America is a Christian nation and Christians are entitled to run it and have a moral obligation to run it, then threats to Christian political dominance should be responded to as antagonistic. Mm -hmm. in an antagonistic way and it no longer becomes we coexist in the same country it's like it's like it's a struggle for power over this country that's right Mm -hmm. and um and just how i've seen this manifest in different people i know Mm -hmm. is is um a great great amount of conversation centers around political developments especially from the left and an agonizing, a wringing of the hands, a outrage over it, and so it it consumes a lot of conversation. Yeah, yep. um, this is something that we must be aware of, is, is and and consistently outraged by yep. because mm-hmm. it's such a threat to God's purposes. Yep, mm-hmm.
1: that's right. Yeah, I remember this is not exactly the same, but it's kind of connected. I remember Jerry Falwell Jr. doing a. Um, doing a convocation at liberty um university maybe five years ago and he was basically talking about a shooting a mass shooting i don't remember which one sadly there's so many it's hard to keep track and he said i'll tell you one thing if those guys had what i have right here in my right pocket none of that would have happened and if any muslim steps onto this campus you know, And he just said something. I, I don't want to misquote him, but I remember him just basically without without being uncharitable. Well, he was basically saying like, hey, if any Muslim tries to pull that kind of crap on we, my we campus, we'll shoot them. We'll, we'll, the, shoot them. The we'll kill yeah. them. Yeah. And, and I remember he blocked me that night because I tweeted at him. It was like, that's not the way of Christ. And people went outra- went, went outrageous, went, went nuts at him. And somehow he still kept his position. And, and, and all along he was having like a you know sex scandal in the background and embezzling money but Mm, but and 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 he went he kept his power for years and then he he promoted trump and had trump speak at the convocation and he said all these different people speak at the convocation since then but it just was this this mindset of like hey we are the good guys the christians and those bad muslim people we'll we'll end them rather than we're just like those muslims apart from the grace of god Mm. (laughs) and god should have ended us Thanks be to God, you know, and and therefore you you could even take a position a non-passive position and 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 say like, hey, we will protect, but man, we love them, you know. Mm -hmm. There was no aroma of gospel of grace. It was a they're the enemy and we're the good people, and and that kind of gets into the mindset. It's like the enemy is outside of us, and we're the good people, Mm -hmm. and it's just a self righteousness there, right? Rather than man, the enemies in us too, you know? And when you look at Jesus' fight, because people use Jesus as, as an example, like, look at him, he's tearing down the temple, and he's driving them out with, you know, ferocity and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, when you look at Jesus' fight, it was mainly against the religious, like his own people, his own community, and very little, if not anything, against Rome. And it's so flip flop, right? Because Christian nationalists, the whole war is against those who are or liberal Christians, if anything, if it's close to the camp. But mainly, it's against like authority and in the government. Yes. And very little about man. Look how messed up we are, and how much we need God's grace.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, and, and look at what Jesus did. It's mm-hmm. not the way of Christ.
0: Oh, yeah, that's good.
1: I got I got more. Yeah, you got a couple more, and you guys jump
2: into this, this. I know Daniel had one you wanted to talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I think. Uh, one mark is, as one person uh, describes it, as a conspiratorial victim mindset. Yeah. Um, the, you know, this goes right along with the us versus them, you know, I- idea that Ross just shared. But yeah, we, you know, you you might interact with somebody who who really just sees uh, all uh, media, uh, all all secular media. I, I don't know how mm-hmm. to yeah. uh, say that, but but as as kind of A a part of the the scheme against Christianity, the they they see it as there's agendas that are that are trying to destroy uh, destroy Christ in America. I don't know how how to say this, but but basically, it gets into uh, a lot of conspiracy theory and and to the point where people can't trust anyone right. everybody's lying yep. and uh, there is no common grace yeah yeah the
1: image of god is not there really yeah mm-hmm. can only listen to christian radio christian news
0: yeah i just think at the end of the day it's it's a distrust um you, you know you kind of pick who you want to you want to listen to the people that are saying what you want them to say and and uh, you have a distrust for anyone else yep. so you choose like a a, a news station Mm-hmm. You know, and then every other news station is is a part of their yep. the opposing side.
1: Um, two more quick ones for me, you guys feel free to add or detract. Um, there is a it, it, such a blending with political party and allegiance to a political party that if you merely talk to them and before you know anything else about them, if you just say what's your political party, you can then with ninety percent plus accuracy, Predict their position on like fifty different things. It's such a group thinking, mm-hmm. um, and that goes for a progressive Christian. Like if, if they there's there's no dis, dis, uh, disassociation with anything within the Democratic Party or, or vice versa in the Republican Party. Something's off, right? Because these are political parties that at the center they don't claim Christ as the Lord and everything. Right? right. There's some people who may say that personally, but that's not the center of either political party. So mm-hmm. you know that if the Bible's not the authority and Jesus not the center, they're going to miss things. They, they have to because they're not spirit filled. You know, they're going to miss it. And if you're always on the same place, you know, if everything that they're outraged at the the um, you know the right or the left is outraged, you're outraged by the same things they are. Something's off. And which leads to my, my final point personally is that they that you can you know someone's a Christian nationalism is if when you talk with them or you see their social media, they talk way more about politics and they talk about Jesus. Something's off there.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: So much of the outrage about the left and how hypocritical BLM is and all that kind of stuff and very little outrage at their own hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. It's a, that it's they they can see the, the, the specs in everyone else's eyes, especially politically, but they can't see it in their own, the log in their own.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. so big question now. Um, I think we played our cards a little bit here, but, but how do we... <laughs> how, the big question is, what do we embrace? What do we redeem? What do we reject? That's, the, yep. one, that's a good filter for, for uh, <laughs> most any thought. Yeah, so w- what can we embrace um, from the Christian nationalist uh, kind of position? Yep. What's
2: good in it? What are some strengths? Yeah, one is um, a right concern and lamenting about moral decline in America um there I- there is no doubt that we are drifting in the direction of secularism and rejection of god and immorality in many ways mm-hmm. and and i think we agree in some ways with this thinking that that is a very very concerning thing yeah how we respond is different yeah we yeah. respond according to different principles different manner of communication but i think we agree that um this new sexual revolution and some of the horrible things that we face in America, like abortion, are um, gigantic tragedies. Mm-hmm. Gigantic sure. things that grieve the heart of God and should grieve our hearts also.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. Another thing is there's a uh,
1: appreciation of America, um, and we would probably argue a hyper appreciation, right? An allegiance, of, sure. a, an ad, a, a worship, but we would say that on the on the other end, like. That it's wrong not to be grateful Mm -hmm. for the nation that we have. And and certainly, America has a very, very complicated, peppered past Mm -hmm. that we can't celebrate everything. But, but you look at every nation, that's the case, right? Yeah. And so it, it almost like gives like every other nation gets immunity, but America is just like the worst. But it's like, no, no, there's a lot of things that we can thank God for. Uh, the standard of living that even, even among the poor compared to other nations, the the, the the limited corruption compared to other nations. Like we just think about what's going on in India right now with COVID-19 and how the, the government is just totally just screwing it up and there's a lot of corruption due to it. Like, yeah, we have corruption in our country because there's sinners. Mm-hmm. But it's but comparatively to the World history like we don't have like Caligua C- C- Caligua Caligula 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 why can't I say his name right now okay you know like <laughs> you know or Nero like tarring Christians and burning them and it's like great right? like if you have a global picture in a world history picture like there's a lot to be grateful for in yeah
0: America. spiritually speaking America has has sent a lot of missionaries That's right mm-hmm. you know and I know that you can get into Conversations about colonialism, and uh, <laughs> all the different challenges there, but but there is a, a beautiful history yep. that, that I think people that I know, yep. uh, family even that that you know there's 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 those things that they hold fast to, and I and I think that's a beautiful thing that's that good. we can we can embrace. Why don't you take this next one.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think um, <laughs> Ross likes this one. I think I think the this perspective rightly sees that. There are agendas in the government, in the secular, among the secular perspective, to engineer a certain kind of society. Um, We criticize Christian nationalism for trying to engineer a certain society politically. But on the other hand, there are secularists who are trying to engineer a kind of society that um, affirms every sort of sexual lifestyle and and things that we wouldn't want to affirm. And by engineer, I mean pass laws that force you to do this and shape public schooling education to to raise kids up to think this way sure and um and it is correct to call this agenda frightening and wrong
1: well it it's just consistent right with biblical worldview if if satan is the ruler of this age Mm -hmm. why wouldn't he try to influence our culture through powerful people yeah <laughs> it's like obviously yeah that's
0: right and there's an appropriate grief like i I talked to someone recently they're they're thinking about their kids their grandkids yeah and they're saying with where the with where the nation is going and with what uh the media and government and and all all these things that they're they're, they're challenging is is taking our nation they're concerned for for their kids and their grandkids and yeah. they're they're saying this is bad for society <laughs> and we know that biblically speaking that you know some of these things that Ross just mentioned there it's bad for society it will yeah. it will hurt our nation we see it uh we see it now so those are that's another thing to um to embrace there's a strength there yeah that's right um, what about what about concerns what what are some things that we need to reject uh from the the Christian nationalist perspective
1: I mean, a couple of quick things that should be intuitive, but sadly it's not. Um, we're not a theocracy as, an, as a nation, right? Like, Jesus isn't the—we're not electing him as president, uh, sadly, you know? And so we can't mix things together so perfectly. We're, we're, we're a democratic republic. Um, another thing that I think is significant that we've all seen is an over-realized eschatology. In other words, we, we're living in an overlap of eras— Christ has come and he's coming again but he hasn't come again yet and until he comes there's something called the church age and God is doing a specific work uh, through the preaching of the gospel disciple making and and, and as a result transformation of societies from those two first things being primary happening um, um, right now in this age and then when Jesus comes back, he will judge the wicked. He will right all wrongs and bring justice, at, uh, uh, in perfect justice, right? So, I mean, so much more there, obviously. But we're living in this age where, where we're waiting on him to come. And what so often overrealized as eschatology, or I don't know a better way to say it, but it's trying to bring what Jesus brings at the end now triumphalism triumphalism it's Mm -hmm. trying to bring his sword that will come out of his mouth revelation speaks of now through us thinking that we are the means of bringing the kingdom but we actually don't bring the kingdom we preach the kingdom and let the kingdom transform lives by a spirit and by the gospel by the word right but we are trying to force the new heavens new earth through political means or through physical means Mm-hmm. And, and that's the same thing for like a progressive Christianity or almost CRT. Like you're trying to bring a perfectly uh, racialized society that relates with all power structures perfectly through like making it happen yeah. rather than the transformation of the heart. And so it's, uh, it's the thanking God for dying on the cross and being the lamb for us, the lamb who took away the sins of the world, but not embracing his way, the way of the lamb. We're embracing the way of the dragon, which is associated with the the, the Antichrist and Satan, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you look at Jesus, he's both the lion and the lamb. But when he comes first, you see more of the lion aspects of who he is. And then when he comes second, you see more of the – did I say lion? The lamb aspects. And the second time, he comes more like a lion. Right. And what we try to do is say, thank you for the lamb. Let's be the lions because Mm -hmm. lambs get slaughtered. And that's humiliating. And so a Christian nationalist will tend to not – rejoice in passages like turn the cheek or loving your enemies they're, they're gonna they're gonna sweep those in the rugs to talk about more of fighting for your own rights mm-hmm. instead of paul saying laying down your rights hey i have the right to this but i'm not gonna do that for love like i'm gonna forsake these things because love, i'm not gonna even eat meat like what christian nationalists would ever agree with paul and not eat meat right it's like mm-hmm. you're not gonna give up eating meat for someone else but no no the way of the cross is a way of saying no to self and taking up the the, the shape your life is in the shape of the cross
2: and resurrection yeah. Um. That's good. Yeah, I think there's um, a big weakness of it, as we've already been touching on, is an over-preoccupation and being consumed with political victories and defeats. Mm-hmm. Like, as a Christian, I think we should be politically engaged and care about yes. these things. But but when when you place so much of your chips on political <laughs> outcomes, it becomes what consumes your emotions, your thoughts, your conversation. In your hope, in your hope, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. To the extent that we start to get the impression that the mission of Jesus and the mission of the church is fulfilled through political means—that's right—and it isn't. Political means are are an important outlet in the Christian life, but they they aren't the driving force, and it isn't the the means by which we accomplish the Great Commission. And um, we want to make sure that we're very clear about that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's right. A good word,
0: yeah. I think another reason why we need to reject this is that, um, it, it really it has a, a way of trying to put the power of the state and the, and, and the church together, yeah. And those do not mix well, that's you right. Can see mm-hmm. that throughout history. Yeah. Um, the reason is that, uh, you know, every culture so, so America's been called like a melting pot, right. And, and so, so many different peoples have, have come here, but every single one of those cultures, they come with, you know, unique elements. There's, there, you know, so the lines are sort of fuzzy and they don't just easily fit into right. a, uh, you know, a political lines, especially if you're trying to define it by a Christian sort of, uh, yeah, the Christian nationalist way. Right. It doesn't, these peoples don't fit Fit in well, so it gets really complicated. Uh, Miller, uh, I I keep quoting from Miller. I thought his article <laughs> was really really helpful. He says attempting to found political legitimacy on cultural likeness means political order will constantly be in danger of being felt as illegitimate by some group or another. So, what he's trying to say is that there it, it, when you when you pursue uh, Try, trying to make politics uh, fit one mold, so like Christian, the Christian way, uh, it, it, that that policy, there, there will always be some group, whether the group that doesn't fit into that, uh, or the group who wants that, feeling like it's being threatened, and that's what leads to the us versus them situation. There are so many different peoples represented in our, in our nation. Mm -hmm. And, and this, uh, Christian nationalism, it, it really, uh, it really is not compatible with, uh, how do I say it? I, it's not, it it doesn't help those peoples that don't fit into, uh, the the Christian political sort of, um,
2: feels threatening to them it feels yeah
0: exactly so i think one example quickly is uh christians i hear christians talking about muslims muslim uh refugees as a threat mm-hmm. to our to our nation and yep. to our society mm-hmm. in a uh in, in a with with too much emphasis you know there's there's a there's a focus on on them coming and disrupting our nation. They, they hate the idea that a Muslim would be in office because a Muslim in office leads to, uh, they believe, them pushing their ideals and, and pushing the Christian uh, agenda more and more out. That's right. So, again, it's like there's just this constant kind of war. It's like we, right. we have to have Christians in power. If we don't, then we're losing. If, right. if they're, you know... Yeah. That- and and, and the, the word Christian in
1: power mix but but differently in the bible than what we mean in our society yeah like power is redefined in the new testament totally different from the way we use power in our society and that's what it's at the core of so much of the fear and so much of of what is driving people with christian nationalism is a fear of losing power yeah and that's not the way of the cross um Gosh, there's so many things like the ends justifying the means, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a sense of like, as long as someone votes pro-life, then it doesn't really matter how they speak to people. Doesn't matter their history. Doesn't matter any of their other policies. As long as they give us what we want, if they mm-hmm. make sure churches are tax deductible, you know, tax-free, then 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 yeah, sure, it's okay if they did this or that. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like there's been a lot of people who have moved away from the church because they feel like their whole life they were told by their parents morality matters morality matters morality matters purity matters purity matters purity culture here's the ring thing you know all these different like you know things initiatives you know grew up growing up in the 90s and 2000s about like purity and then all of a sudden here comes trump having this long rap sheet of impurity and all of a sudden so many christians they just were like totally fine with it because he was giving what they want. Now, there's others who are like many of us who we could still support him selectively, but we were, out, we were very outspoken and grieved by his, mm-hmm. his way. And it just seems like the issue with progressive Christianity and Christian nationalism is that it's – they don't know how to live in tensions. Mm-hmm. Paint with too broad of a brush. and <coughs> everything, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And so like we've seen friends of ours who, who start to embrace <laughs> liberal kind of policies – and it feels like they have to then embrace everything and they just <laughs> take everything. And now they're just completely on the left in every way. And there's just no way to distinguish them. Yeah. And on the vice versa. And, and 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 for those who want to be faithful to the word, you're going to be constantly an alien and constantly in an awkward place. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? Yeah. Too progressive for some. Too too conservative for others in a political sense. But yeah. like morality, it's just you're going to be a complicated mess. That's right. And, and you don't want that uh, because it's not comfortable.
0: <laughs> yeah. The – I think this is the last thing we'll do, but then we'll we'll give the sort of a redeem category uh, quickly. But what what the way that Christian nationalists uh, answer the question "What's the greatest evil?" Mm-hmm. Is, is is problematic. Yep. Why don't we touch That's on right. that quickly? That's what good. what how do how does a Christian nationalist define what the greatest evil is? Go ahead, Brother Sam. <laughs> i just
1: say one thing. The biggest thing that I've seen in this last election cycle, not to say that this is the biggest thing generally, but in the last election cycle was the, was the deathly fear of socialism. It felt like that was the greatest evil that we needed to fight as Christians against. And, and obviously they would Christianize it and they say all these different things that were important that would be connected to an abuse of socialism um, if they were presenting socialism correctly. Um, but, but that was the great evil. Not man, sins of the the sons and father, the, the sons and fathers are turning away from Christ. Right? Like it wasn't. It wasn't. That wasn't the great deathly fear. And when you just think about that famous video of that woman finding out that Trump wins in like New York Times Square, you know, this liberal going who's just like no, and then she looks up and sees the camera and she keeps doing it, right? Like it's like a funny, tempered it's tempered like tempered it's such a funny thing, right? Yeah. But it, the same thing happened when Trump lost. Mm-hmm. No. You know, it's just like you know, we, we it was just such a mirroring of hopes and identities within the Republican Party, and so and, and putting all the hopes that um, the Republican Party will start
2: stop the great evils of this world. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And just just, just to add that I think I think most Christian nationalists would definitely confess. Sin, Satan, unbelief are the worst evils. Yeah, but sometimes it just yes. doesn't sound like it. Yes. When, when, like, what triggers your emotions? Yeah. What, 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 what comes out of you? What gives you the most response? That's super helpful. Yeah. And I think sometimes with a lot of people, it can err towards undesirable political outcomes rather than undesirable spiritual outcomes. That's right. As, yeah. as what's most getting our hearts engaged.
1: And, and out of the overflow, of your heart and the mouth speaks. Yeah. Right. So like when you get angry about the most what you get most emotional about those usually tend to to identify what you care about most. Yes. And so all day long you can assent to the right theological, you know, statement of faith. Mm-hmm. But your statement of faith is written on your
0: life. Yeah. <laughs> your life is your statement of faith. Yes it is. Close this out. What what's the alternative? How is there any way to redeem this? It sounds a little bit maybe at this point like we're just saying you know we, we can't engage politically we need to we can't ever have one political party or, or disagree with media here yeah you know, that's not what we're saying is it we're, we're, what what are we saying yeah, how do
2: we yeah absolutely not at all um i think one of the most helpful places in the bible to turn for political engagement is jeremiah 29 it's um, jeremiah writes a, a letter to the exiles who are in babylon it's it's helpful because While we are occupants of America, America is not our ultimate home. Just as Israel were occupants in Babylon, but Babylon was not their ultimate home. Mm -hmm. So the nation of Israel was supposed to be a distinct people within Babylon. They were supposed to pray for the good of the city. Mm -hmm. They weren't supposed to take over the city. They were supposed to pray for the good of the city. They were a nation within the nation. And they did not... Without a land. Without a land. They were a nation (laughs) within the nation without a land. And they weren't seeking to occupy the land. Yep. And so as, as a Christian, I, I do consider myself an activist in the sense that I, I vote on, in a certain way because I believe that certain people will do more good to my city than other, other people. Yeah. But since this isn't my ultimate home and since I don't have a right to it, I don't hit the panic button if my candidate loses, mm-hmm. nor do I feel like God's purposes are thwarted if my candidate loses, mm-hmm. um, nor do I think that my ultimate purpose in this life is in any way stopped if my candidate loses. Like, I'm still... That's I, right. Like, if I wake up in the morning, my I do the exact, exact same plan A if... Trump is president or Biden is president mm-hmm. yeah. my my life literally hasn't hasn't changed at all right? yeah. um because because I'm I'm part of this landless nation within this nation yeah. good
1: and even if it did change in the sense that like let's say some law came to outlaw churches okay let's just mm-hmm. say the worst case scenario kind of situations but even then the churches thrived yeah. in many nations throughout history when yeah. they were outlawed mm-hmm. and yeah. so we're not we don't need we don't need caesar to give us power, or need Caesar to help the church grow. That's yes. right. In fact, more Caesar actually makes the church grow institutionally, but shrink spiritually. Yeah, and that's right. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I think we want to move uh, move some of the passion, redirect some of the passion. Maybe is a better way. Yeah. A way. You know, we yes, Christian people that land in the Christian nationalist categories, you know, and, and obviously in very to very various degrees. Um, they have a hatred for sin, evil. We touched on some of those things. They they want the best for this nation. They want uh, kids to grow up hearing Christ and not secular mm-hmm. uh, e- evil evil things. Like so, but we just want to move some of that passion away from uh, the the political sphere, uh, where I'm not and I'm not saying it's bad to 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 get involved in that. It's right. But are the way that ultimately that stuff is going to get undone in our nation is revival, mm. people's hearts being won for Jesus? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, yes, both and, yes,, yep. but the, the, the chief way that, that God is going to transform our nation yep. is not uh, not that we uh, I'd even, even identify all the, all the evils. like we can identify them, and that's, that's great, but at the end of the day, that doesn't fix the problem. It's, it's yep. to say it's to say we need Jesus to come and reign in people's hearts to transform people we need another great awakening in our nation mm-hmm. that's what we pray for that's what that's what we want so we want to redirect that passion right. to the right yep to the right effort. and it's important
1: you said the word chief right because when we say both and that's an important term but both and can give a kind of impression sometimes of like equal mm-hmm. right like we got to equally you know, support good policies and spend our time, our talents on our our what's the treasure for that, and also for the th- for making disciples and preaching the gospel, yeah. right? Loving our neighbors. Mm-hmm. No, 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 That's why the word especially is good, right? Like we care about all kinds of suffering, especially eternal suffering, right? Yeah. And so that's 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 we can't lose that. And, and another thing is, man, Babylon is going to be Babylon, right? Mm-hmm. Like if someone's a non-believer or even if they profess Christ, right, but it's clear that it seems clear that they don't have fruits, um, that bear with, with repentance, then of course they're going to do corrupted, corrupted things. Right. And you, you just have to know that with every Babylonian officer, (laughs) every president, every governor, if they're not, if Jesus isn't Lord is, if he isn't their treasure, then they're, they're going to be a mixed bag of things that you're going to be able to do three R's receive, redeem and reject. And increasingly, you're probably going to have to reject more and more things mm-hmm. without rejecting the person and loving the person and calling them to Christ, you know? And that's, that's complicated, right? Because we, yeah, we, are not good at tensions like that. Yeah. That's
0: right. Um, yeah. Uh, I, will share one last quote, if that's all okay right, from, from Miller. And I just want to point you to, to his article on Christianity Today, uh, What is Christian Nationalism? I think it's really helpful, um, probably a lot clearer than, than what we're bringing here today, but, um, Miller says this, American Christians in the past were exemplary in helping establish the American experiment, and many American Christians worked to end slavery and seg- segregation and other evils. Yes, they did. They did that. They did so, why? Because they believed Christianity required them to work for justice. It's biblical, in other words. That's It, it is a biblical thing for us to work for justice, but they worked to advance Christian principles, not Christian power or Christian culture, which is the key distinction between normal Christian political engagement and Christian nationalism. Yeah. That's what we would like for you, church, is that you would, you would engage politically as a Christian. We want that. Yeah. Uh, but, but do that because the Bible has shown us wise principles for living and, and good principles for society. Not because we believe that we have we're entitled to uh, to the particular uh, kind of Christian political um, lines that, that maybe we, we've seen in the past and maybe we, we want to keep clear. Um, That's good. Yeah. So we want you to love your neighbor. We want you to seek justice. Do do all those sorts of things, um, but not while trying to promote Christian culture, Western heritage, Anglo. Protestant values. So, uh, at the end of the day, this this topic is is uh, one that it maybe you know we, we gave this talk on or another podcast on critical race theory. Critical race theory is, you know, it really is a very different worldview. We we argue that it has a a, a different foundation ultimately than in Christianity. Right. That. Mm-hmm. The, the challenge with, with this topic, with Christian nationalism, is that it has so much biblical undertone, and, and there's so much there that it's... Sometimes it, it doesn't feel like it's an attack on Christianity because it's, it's, it's uh, a proponent of Christianity. But the fact of the matter is, what we're trying to say to you is that, that this is also a danger to your faith. It is a danger to our faith you know in a in a, uh, in a different kind of way and
1: I actually I would I would probably say it harder than you I would say it's more dangerous than CRT huh. because it, it's sneakier it in the sincere. sense that it, it makes you think that it's Christian and biblical but the very foundations of Christian nationalism isn't Christian mm-hmm. and so it comes okay like this why does Satan delight in Mormonism mm-hmm. because they have a lot of the same values don't they they're gonna encourage, you know, sex and marriage between a man and a woman, they're going to do a lot of the same things that Christian uh, nationalists would do. Mm. Well, why is he okay with it? Why is he okay with an entire community having like no strip clubs and, and good family values and a man and a, and a husband and a, and a, and a, you know, wife in a home and lots of kids and all these things that look like the idyllic 1950s kind of Christian America. Why is he okay with a Mormon city like that? Because Jesus is in the center. And that's the, there lies a big issue with Christian nationalists because you you have a pseudo sense that you're being Christian, but actually you you mm-hmm. you, you have the Christ out yeah. of Christian. So I, I I I'm maybe I think we've had this conversation. It
2: might be a little bit of an overstatement. I, I think it's
1: it's an appropriate statement, <laughs> yeah. but
2: but that's okay if you disagree. That well, just CRT is of, the worst. Just because of thing. a lot of Christian nationalists are still Christians? <clears throat> yeah, you know, and see, I I I would
1: I would I would say that if if they have been like that for decades i would have questions about their I, I i think you can all of us can have different elements of these these camps right doesn't mean that that's who you are and that yeah, you're not a believer sure, yeah. right but if that if more of those descriptions it um describe you and has for a long time even if you've been confronted lovingly biblically then i would i would have questions about your faith yeah even if you go to church every you can get to that, that point yeah if, uh you can get to that point. yeah
0: um so <laughs> we could talk about that for a while. I think it's which a big is, deal. Which is worse. <laughs> That's but why we're doing this. <clears throat> the whole point is these are, the, we believe these are empty philosophies That's right. and they're dangerous for the church. Mm-hmm. They are dangerous for your faith. We don't want you to get caught up in one extreme or the other. We want you to follow Jesus with all your heart and, and live in this world like Christ. And, and that, that is, that is complicated and challenging. And we have a long way to go, and and there's so much more that we can discuss on on these things. But we're grateful that you you tuned in this far, and and may God give us strength to to live faithfully. Thanks for listening. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Feel free to follow up with us. Um, Any other questions or concerns or shocks of outrage, we love you.